0: John Phillips filling in for us today on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: We will be back sooner
2: or later. It's John Phillips on loan from Talk Radio 790 KABC in Los Angeles, where you can hear me each weekday from noon to 3 on AM 790 KABC in Southern California or worldwide at KABC.com. You can also read my newspaper column in the L.A. Daily News, the O.C. Register, the Riverside Press Enterprise, and yes, most importantly, the Redlands Daily Facts. And follow me on Twitter at JohnnyDon'tLike. Armstrong and Getty were kind enough to ask me to pinch hit for them while they're out, so happy to be with you this morning. The big story nationwide is coming out of Minneapolis, Minnesota where we learned over the weekend that there is a supermajority on the Minneapolis City Council that supports not defunding the police, which is what they're going to do in Los Angeles and New York City, which is crazy enough as it is. What they support is abolishing the police. No police. No Andy, no Barney, no Dragnet, no nothing. You call 911 nobody answers the phone that's it figure it out how they expect to run a city that way is beyond me joining me to talk about this is the very fair-minded civil rights defense attorney who you've been watching on hannity this these last couple of weeks just absolutely killing it night after night you can follow him on twitter at the leo terrell leo terrell good morning sir
1: John Phillips, thank you very, very much uh, for having me, and I thank the Armstrong and Getty uh, listeners of uh, listening to what I'm about to say. I'm very glad to talk about this subject.
2: Leo, what is life like without the cops?
1: Uh, horrific, and I say that as a civil rights attorney. I say this as, as an American, as an African-American. I say this with a sister in law enforcement for 16 years. I prosecute police officers, bad police officers. We need police officers. 97% of every officer in this country are great. They protect us at 2 and 3 a.m. in the morning. There might be two or 3% that are horrible and we need to get rid of them. But the concept of eliminating a police department, law enforcement to protect and serve is outright ridiculous And shame on this Democratic proposal in Minnesota and those Democrats and anyone suggesting the disbandment of the police department. It is ridiculous. If you call
2: 911 and no one answers the phone, who's going to be most vulnerable?
1: The poor, the minority, the people of color, the people who cannot afford private security. Hey, you eliminate the police department. People of color, people who are in economically depressed areas who don't have the resources are going to be preyed upon by criminals. This is a Christmas gift to every criminal in this country to eliminate the police department. And, John, it's pandering. It's pandering to a very small fringe group who thinks the police department is somehow on the wrong side of goodness. Police department we need.
2: Leo you're a lifelong Angelino. You've been here your entire life. You've worked in the law, you you've taught school, you were educated here. You care about this city, you care about this state. Last week the mayor of los angeles eric garcetti went on television and said that the city of los angeles was not going to invite the national guard to come in to assist with police officers to keep law and order right after he finished saying that the grove burned 88 businesses on melrose burned beverly hills burned santa monica got looted If that's not an isolated incident, if criminals pay attention to the news and they alter their behavior based on what they know is the reality in that particular city, how long do you think it will take before Minneapolis becomes a war zone if they get rid of the cops?
1: Less than a a month. Less than four weeks. I mean, I mean, they're just waiting on the sideline. They're waiting. What Eric Garcetti said in Los Angeles was an embarrassment. You know what? He made that comment. I was watching it. He said, we're not going to call the National Guard because I don't want to repeat the 92 riots in L.A. Three hours later, he reversed himself because of all those criminal acts that you just articulated. And this man is pandering. He is talking about taking over $150 million from the police department's budget to other areas. And then he calls police officers killers this man is absolutely pandering he's not fit to be in office and let me be clear i am a civil rights attorney who practiced trying to get rid of bad cops but i want police officers to protect me and everyone in the state
2: We're speaking with Leo Terrell, who you can follow on Twitter at TheLeoTerrell. Leo, Leo, when I was first told about this over the weekend, I thought, all right, this has got to be some crazy blog. This has got to be some fringe element. Maybe this is Antifa. Maybe this is someone like that. And then when I was told no 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 it's a supermajority on the Minneapolis City Council and you've got Bill De Blasio and you've got Eric Garcetti and London Breed the mayor of San Francisco also talking about defunding the police you have Brian Fallon who was the press secretary for Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign who's talking about defunding the police Val Demings who is a former police chief herself in Orlando Florida thought to be on the shortlist for Joe Biden for his vice presidential picks which asked about it on the CBS morning show and she tried to dodge the question without offending the people who want to take away the police departments let's go ahead and listen to Val Demings on CBS
1: all right with the news out of Minneapolis uh, the, the city council voting to dismantle not just d- defund but dismantle and rebuild the police department there is that a strategy you could agree with?
3: There are a lot of things being proposed throughout the nation, and I think it's the direct result of people being hurt, disappointed at what happened to Mr. Floyd that's all too familiar to them, but also angry and demanding change. And I do believe that everyone has a right to look at any proposal that is put forth because there desperately needs to be changed. I, I also believe that the council is being very thoughtful in terms of looking at all of the services that police provide. You know, there are some cases that statutorily, law enforcement is responsible for investigating. They do a lot of things associated with natural disasters and terrorism. And so what I believe, the council along with uh, law enforcement authorities and other community leaders will sit down and look at everything and come out with a plan that allows them to keep Minneapolis safe but also uh, bring the community and the police together in a much needed and long overdue way. The council that
2: wants to get rid of the cops is being very thoughtful.
1: John, she is playing politics because she wants to be the vice vice presidential nominee on the Democratic Party. Look, this Democratic Party has left me. I'm a JFK Democrat. I would not vote for any of those individuals that you have mentioned because they're pandering. And let me be clear the majority of Democrats, the majority of uh, of mainstream Democrats are opposed to eliminating the police department. Because hey, who's gonna take care of the crime such as, let's not forget, murder, rape, domestic violence, child molestation, those crimes don't go away, and they will go rampant throughout the city if you eliminate the police department. This is why the Democratic Party is pendering to a very small fringe. I would submit to you, John, 10 or 15 percent of the Democrats are so far left, they're in the ocean. But I am submitting <laughs> to you that the majority of Democrats are opposed to this. They're very quiet. They don't want to be out in front because it's not politically correct. I will sit here and say, as a civil rights attorney as an african-american as an american i am against it and come after me if you think i've sold out because i'm selling out for america
2: what's joe biden going to do because joe biden's been silent on this but we've seen elected democrats who again are not thought of as being on the fringe element. Eric Garcetti sees himself as a mainstream liberal Democrat. He does not see himself as Ilhan Omar or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And he was one of the first big name Democrats to come out in favor of defunding the cops. What is Joe Biden gonna do if the dominoes start falling and it was first, first it was Garcetti, then it was de Blasio, then it's Minneapolis. Other cities could fall in line what is joe biden going to do is he going to have to come out and denounce them or is he going to be forced to go out and support them
1: well i'll tell you right now if he wants to win in november he's going to have to criticize them and denounce them if he wants to win in december if joe biden utters any support for defunding the police department he has just written off The 2020 election, he cannot win because you I guarantee you the Republicans, independents, and and moderate Democrats will will watch video after video put out by the Trump administration that Joe Biden does not believe in law and order. Joe Biden does not believe in the police. And last week, John, the police union, a major police union went out and attacked Joe Biden because of his lack of support. Let's not forget these riots. And that's what they were. They were peaceful protesters and rioters. Police officers got injured. Police officers got attacked. And where is the sympathy from the Democrats about those officers who got attacked? There is universal acceptance that, the, that George Floyd was murdered by four bad officers. But let's not forget those police officers who are putting their lives on the line every night protecting us. Leo, can
2: you talk to me about the politics of all of this, because if you look at at how dollars are spent, campaign dollars are spent, one of the biggest interest groups that supports Democratic politicians, particularly at the state and local level, are public employee unions. Since 2008, police officer unions have been directing the vast majority of their money to Democratic politicians, because the number one issue facing those unions was pension reform, because a lot of these states, a lot of these cities are going broke, and the unions were worried that they would try to find a way to screw with the pensions, and they wanted to make sure that they had mayors and city councils and governors and state legislators who wanted to protect those pensions. Well, now, the same people that they helped get elected to protect their pensions are trying to slit their throats. What do those unions do from this point forward? Do the public employee unions, and it's not just the police, by the way, because unions are effective because they stick together. So if the cop unions get thrown under the bus, then my guess is the correctional guard unions may back them up, and the firefighters' unions may back them up, and the district attorney unions may back them up. What do the unions do at this point?
1: The unions are going to have to start looking for, look, First of all, in California, you know this is a blue, blue, blue state, and they and the Democrats control this state up and down. These, what I call first responder unions, are going to have to start looking elsewhere outside the Democratic Party. We need to find someone other than these liberal Democrats who are now talking about eliminating police officers. So if if I'm if I'm a union rep for the police protective league or any first responder i'm saying we need to look at alternative candidates we need to look where on the republican side that we can get someone who's going to protect our rights and also and, and which i think everyone agrees to with is to make sure we have reform and accountability for those rogue officers
2: Leo Terrell, the very fair-minded civil rights defense attorney. You're going to be on with me at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on 790K ABC. And a little birdie told me you're going to be on television tonight.
1: Well, that's little birdie man. <laughs> may be absolutely correct. I'm scheduled right now to be on Hannity. And I want to thank you, John, and the Armstrong and Getty uh, listeners for having me on to express my opinion. Look forward to chatting with you on Talk Radio 790K ABC.
2: Leo Terrell, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you, John Phillips. It's John Phillips in for Armstrong and Getty. More coming up.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: Jack and Joe with the day off, manning the helm until they return. It's the one, the only, John Phillips. It's John Phillips in
2: for Armstrong and Getty, broadcasting live in exile from my living room in Palm Springs, California. I want to go back to the conversation that we just had with the very fair-minded civil rights defense attorney, Leo Terrell, because people always ask me, why is it that California is a one-party state? Why is it that Los Angeles and San Francisco are one-party cities? When not that long ago, Los Angeles had a Republican mayor, Richard Reardon. California had Republican governors, Pete Wilson, George Duke Majin, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And now Republicans are shut out of every statewide office in the state of California. Democrats have super majorities in both houses of the state legislature. The city council in Los Angeles is dominated by Democrats. I believe there's only one Republican left on that council. The mayor and all of the citywide electeds are all Democrats. Same thing with San Francisco. And the answer is complex. There's a lot that went into that. The end of the Cold War, when all of the military people left California, that hurt. The collapse of the aerospace industry, that hurt. The rise of tech, that hurt. The dominance of Hollywood, that hurt. But when you talk about these local races, you talk about city council, you talk about county board of supervisors, you talk about the state legislature, the reason, first and foremost, that Democrats win these elections going away is that they typically always have well-financed professional campaigns. And there's a reason for that. Public employee unions finance them. The cops, the firefighters, the teachers, the correctional guards, up and down the line, you name it, these unions largely support Democratic politicians. And I couldn't see any potential scenario that would cause a crack in that situation. Well, we may have seen one. Now that elected officials, Democratic elected officials want to eliminate the cops, you can say bye-bye to police officer unions endorsing these people. And if they're smart, the correctional guards, the district attorneys, the firefighters will stick with them. And if those unions start to fund Republican candidates or conservative Democratic candidates to run against these nuts, You could see a two-party situation return to the state of California and some of these cities. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying that's now a possibility, something I wouldn't have said two months ago. It's John Phillips, in for Armstrong and Getty. More coming up.
4: Armstrong and Getty.
0: Everybody, John Phillips. John Phillips, everybody. John's filling in for us today. Good dude. Hope you like it. And
2: a special thanks to Armstrong and Getty for letting me keep their chair warm. While they're out, they'll be back tomorrow to keep you entertained. You can typically find me on AM 790 KABC in Los Angeles, where I do my own show from noon to three, which you can listen to on AM 790 in L.A. or worldwide at KABC.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny Don't Like. Joining us right now is a trauma surgeon. She is an expert in mass casualties. She's the former chief medical officer for Walgreens and Continental Airlines. You can follow her on Twitter at Dr. Kelly Victory. Dr. Kelly Victory, welcome. Hey, great to be with you, John. So the big story over the weekend is that there is now a super majority of votes in Minneapolis to get rid of the police department. In Los Angeles, and New York, Mayors Bill de Blasio and Eric Garcetti say they want to defund the cops. One of the things that you've done in your career is you help write the book on how to deal with things like mass shootings and and uh, uh, just situations, hurricanes, tornadoes, that cause a lot of people to be in some really tough spots. From a medical perspective, from a public health perspective, when you're doing something, like responding to a mass shooting or a hurricane, how important are the cops, the police department, in that process so you can do your job and make sure people don 't die
4: john i, I can 't tell you honestly this whole uh, effort uh, or you know motion that 's been set into play for defund the cops i can 't think of anything that is more misguided and stupid for a host of reasons, many of which uh, your last guest uh, our friend Leo Terrell. Uh, touched on already but as with regards to disaster response and and mass casualty events which is my area of expertise you are absolutely right the police officers law enforcement in general play an unbelievably critical role from the beginning to the end clearly if it's something like an active shooter scene they're the folks who are first on the scene who are whose job it is to Stop that threat to take down that shooter and to make sure that the area has been cleared and there isn't ongoing threat. But even beyond that, law enforcement plays a huge role with regard to controlling the entire scene. They do everything from closing down roadways and making sure that you don't get extraneous traffic into the area. They protect ingress and egress for emergency vehicles. They're the people who make sure that the fire department and ambulances uh, and medical professionals, for example, can get in and out of the scene safely. They are the people who control uh, the reunification, making sure that people who have been separated from their families, that kids get back to parents, that, uh, that there's some order. They play such an important role that I cannot imagine, frankly, trying to run any mass casualty or large disaster event without the assistance and the coordination of the police. And one of the things that people don't realize is that it's, it's not as if these things just come together on game day, uh, if they haven't been practiced and trained for for months and years in advance. So you can't marginalize law enforcement all along the way and then when the poop hits the fan uh, and something, you know, goes off the rails, all of a sudden think, oh, let's call them back in now. It's you know, Tanamount just saying we won't have practice with this team. But all of a sudden, you know, Sunday morning, we expect everyone to get on the field and play in a coordinated event. You know, the, the time to be exchanging business cards isn't when the bullets are flying or the roof is being ripped off by the hurricane you need to have trained with and coordinated with and have a, a well-orchestrated system for responding. And that doesn't happen in the spur of the moment. So the idea of defunding or underfunding or marginalizing law enforcement, because you're ticked off that a few bad officers committed a heinous crime against George Floyd, this is just ill-advised, it's misguided, And it's going to be disastrous for the people who live in the communities where this happens.
2: One of the disasters that you spent a lot of time studying and you helped rewrite the book after it took place uh, was Columbine. The shooting that happened in Littlefield, Colorado, where all of those students were shot by Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris. What would have happened in Littlefield, Colorado, from the point of view of someone who's a trauma surgeon, if there was no police department?
4: Well, honestly, these events generally, most active shooter events end very, very quickly because as soon as law enforcement shows up on the scene, the vast majority of these cases, the shooters either turn themselves in or kill themselves. The thing that brings these events to a rapid end is the arrival of law enforcement. If law enforcement doesn't come, if those perpetrators don't hear the sirens and they don't know that law enforcement is on the way, I cannot imagine the kind of carnage that would happen. It wasn't just Columbine, John. If you look at every single active shooter event across the country over the past two decades, it is the arrival of law enforcement that brings these things immediately to a stop or the arrival of what I say, good guys with guns showing up. So a Columbine would have been a disaster, but so would have so many other of these uh, horrific events that have happened. So I I just can't articulate strongly enough how misguided I think this is and frankly it's not getting at the root cause analysis of what happened with George Floyd or with other of these events. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer as well that this isn't an issue of systemic racism. It's an issue of failure to properly screen those people who we are giving the privilege of wearing a badge and carrying a gun. And that's where we need to focus our attention.
2: What do you make of these police departments? They're now talking about changing their policies in terms of what chokeholds they can use and what chokeholds they can't use. If you were advising a police department right now on that subject, what would you tell them?
4: Again, that's obfuscation, John. They are focusing on something that isn't the real cause. You can you know, review your manual all day long about which holds and which not to use, what, what's an appropriate way to take somebody down. What that will do is decrease any accidental deaths. That will decrease the risk of saying, wow, I didn't realize that you can't crank someone's neck to the side like this without causing harm. We shouldn't do that. The issue with this case and with all the others that have been highlighted in the recent years, these aren't accidental deaths. These are deaths or injuries that happen because law enforcement is using aggressive force, using more force than they need to, and because, not because they don't know that that chokehold can cause damage, it's because they are people who should never have been given the authority that they have. They are people who are using overly aggressive tactics because they either have underlying racist tendencies or more likely, I believe, are simply people who have taken the authority that they have and they are abusing it. They're abusing their position of power. So you can talk about reviewing your policies, but that I don't believe is going to get to the root cause. I think there's a psychological element that's missing. There's a screening element that is missing in the way that we are choosing and allowing people to get through the academy and to get through their training and ultimately end up carrying a badge and a gun. And that's where I think we need to focus. This isn't an issue of you can't look at that tape and think, oh, if only Derek Chauvin had understood that that wasn't a good thing to do. If only he'd understood that you can injure or harm or kill someone by kneeling on their neck. That wasn't the case. When you look at that film, he knew exactly what he was doing and he did it anyway
2: we're speaking with dr kelly victory who you can follow on twitter at dr kelly victory dr kelly i watched protests over the weekend i saw the mayor of minneapolis get cursed out and i saw a lot of people in large groups not wearing masks so is it safe to say the pandemic's over
4: yeah there's 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 nothing like an alternative crisis to end the (laughs) pandemic Uh, (laughs) um, and and if If, in fact, social distancing, that made-up construct, or mask-wearing by healthy people actually worked, uh, then the good news is all of Antifa will be wiped out uh, by an outbreak <laughs> of COVID because they 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 all were exposed to the Rona, don't you know? Um, it, it is. I think if, if nothing else, and I'm making you know, don't mean to make light of the riot, certainly, but I do think it highlights the fallacy. Um, of this absolutely disastrous national response we've had to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, everything from the social distancing, quarantining uh, healthy people, which isn't even a thing, it isn't even a, a construct in public health. The idea that we have decimated the lives really of millions and millions of, Mar- of Americans by forcing them to close businesses, and, uh, you, we know now that that was, uh, absolutely, uh, the, unnecessary at best. And as you see, there's no, uh, great outcry by, um, by the talking heads about the fact that all of these rioters and loot, looters and even the, uh, quote, peaceful protesters were standing shoulder to shoulder, not socially distancing, uh, not wearing masks. And if coronavirus spread that way or cause significant illness in the vast, vast majority of people, we would see a huge uptick in hospitalizations and deaths and all of this, and you won't see any of that. Uh, unfortunately, they won't acknowledge that uh, and still are trying to propagate the myth of the need to socially distance or open restaurants at fifty percent or twenty five percent capacity. It really is time for Americans to stand up and say, "Enough, No, we got duped this stuff was wrong your models were wrong from the beginning your advice was wrong from the beginning these mandates were wrong from the beginning and we're done with it we don't need to go back to a new normal there was nothing wrong with the old normal the old normal was just fine let's get back to it and do what we can to save the economy uh before it's absolutely
2: too late one of the things that I was surprised, pleasantly surprised to see is that the New England Journal of Medicine came out and said the wearing of masks is stupid and it's not going to prevent people from getting sick, healthy people wearing masks why is it that the government is so slow? If this is what the science says, this is what the New England Journal of Medicine is saying, why is it that it's taking these governors, these counties, these mayors so long to get with the program? Is it strictly virtue signaling or do they believe that the science is, well, they believe in bad science?
4: No, I, I, think, it's, I think it's absolutely virtue signaling and it's an unwillingness to acknowledge that they were absolutely wrong and that they are responsible for so much uh just destruction of the economy, decimation of people's lives, and frankly death because far more people at the end of this will have ended up dying from the results of of our response, delaying necessary medical care and all of those sorts of things than ever have, will have died from coronavirus. You are absolutely right. Not only the New England Journal of Medicine, John, but the World Health Organization, the CDC, they have all acknowledged sort of quietly that every single one of these uh, requirements or mandates were wrong. The wearing of masks, we know was wrong. And I've been saying this, as you well know, from the very beginning of this, from early January, the idea that of social distancing, um, it wasn't necessary. The idea of disinfecting things. You know, people are disinfecting chair legs and and, and window sills and lampshades. When we know and even the CDC has acknowledged that COVID-19 simply does not last for any significant period of time on hard surfaces. We also know that it absolutely has cannot exist in ambient temperatures above about 77 degrees. Now, you know, most of, of California, certainly Southern California, it's been in the triple digits for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Places like Colorado and Texas, same thing. It's been well above that. It's been in the mid to upper 80s, where there is no virus living significantly in those temperatures. We know that children have essentially zero chance of getting ill, but we've canceled schools for months and months, semester after semester. So the actual, I don't believe for if for a minute that the uh, the people in these positions of power can possibly believe that this stuff is really required uh if they believed it was ever required at one time they certainly can't believe it's required any longer i think this is far about really controlling the people it's about controlling people
2: controlling behavior not controlling a virus Dr. Kelly Victory, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow Dr. Kelly Victory on Twitter, at Dr. Kelly Victory. And, Dr. Kelly, you're going to be on with me in L.A. today at 1 o'clock in the afternoon Pacific time.
4: I am. I'll see you shortly.
2: All right. Sounds good. Thank you to Dr. Kelly Victory for making a house call on the Armstrong and Getty Show this morning. More coming up.
4: Armstrong.
0: and Joe with the day off. Man in the helm until then, the one, the only, John Phillips. Thank you very
2: much, Positive Sean. It is John Phillips. And for Armstrong and Getty, you can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyDon'tLike. All right, Positive Sean, I'm going to ask you to look inside, deep inside. Your crystal ball, you can open up a fortune cookie, you can call Miss Cleo. Whatever it is that you want to do. I want a prediction from you. Which state, and I'll even throw in the territories, the districts and the territories, which state in the union will be the last state to fully
0: reopen after the COVID-19 pandemic? What is your prediction? I think it's got to be New York. I think they they were the hardest hit and they are the biggest kind of... International hub of business travel of all of them, so I think they're the most likely to kind of have a, a revisit. I, I, yeah, if I'm a betting man, I'm, I'm I'm saying New York's the last one to open up. Not New Jersey, not Connecticut, because the whole tri-state area got hit pretty hard. Uh, I, I'd still say New York. Just but yeah, yeah. My, I'm going to stick with my gut. I, I think New York's going to be the last. Okay, so you're putting all of your chips on the Empire State.
2: Correct. Okay, I predict that the reopening is gonna have nothing to do with how many people got sick or didn't get sick. I think the reopening is gonna be based on politics. So whichever state is the most liberal state in the union, I think they will be the absolute last state to open up. So based on what I can remember in terms of political affiliation of the voters in in all 50 states, my prediction is that Hawaii will be the last state to reopen. (laughs) How about this?
0: When do you think Canada is going to reopen? You think Canada will be closed longer than the United States? Uh probably not, but I do think there might be some slight gamesmanship going on there with Hawaii where they just want to, hey, this is our beautiful island. Let's uh this is nice without everybody coming in. Although they re- they require on tourism a lot for business too, so I'm not sure how that balances out. They do. Yeah, yeah. If there's no tourism in Hawaii, they don't exist. I mean, how many pineapples
2: can you sell before you end up going broke? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, Poi is not the major exporter that they uh, it may it may have at one time been. Oh, if they want to eat over there, people have to be staying at the hotels on Waikiki
2: Beach. They have to be golfing on Maui. They have to be taking the Jurassic Park tour on Kauai. And if that doesn't happen, I don't see how they operate. So they're going to have to open it up at some point, but I just think it's going to take a whole lot longer that it absolutely should and i think canada unfortunately is also going to be shut down for a very long time but it's going to be based on political ideology it's going to be based on contrasting themselves to President Trump and the Americans. And none of that, I repeat, none of that is going to be based on the actual science surrounding the matter. But that's the world that we live in. So what are you going to do? All right. Coming up in moments, we're going to check in with Ryan Gerdusky. He is a political writer. He focuses on the upcoming presidential election in his new book, They're Not Listening. And he's going to be here to Weigh in on everything that you saw play out over the weekend and how it's going to impact the 2020 election. Don't go anywhere. It's John Phillips in for Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty.